0: You can't just play Russell Martin at third when you're confused every year.
1: The hamster got tired. <laughs>
0: Apparently the hamster took a coffee break in the middle of playing that.
1: From Morales, Smoke, Bichette, Tulo, Guerrero, Diaz, Guerrero, Drury, Salarte, and Travis.
0: Did that highlight the problem we've been dancing around for the past, like, two weeks? And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars episode number 115 where we have more episodes this week than Troy Tulowitzki has played appearances in the big leagues this year. I'm your host Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined this week by Joshua Hausam, Josh. How goes it?
1: Not too bad. You?
0: Uh, you know, it's here and there. It's here and there. Um, I probably have not had as good a week as Thomas Panone has had. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've, I've I've probably had a better week than Marcus Stroman. So, you know, in between those two, uh, we're going to talk about those things as well as the epic return of Aaron Sanchez from an epically stupid injury, which, uh, well, well, we'll get into the details. Also, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, on the verge of coming back in the middle of an epic history making run. Uh, Kendris Morales, uh, good deal, bad deal, good year, bad year, we don't know. Um, and then we're going to just talk about the Blue Jays in terms and general competitiveness because uh, they had a week where they looked really really pitiful against New York and then they looked like they could destroy Baltimore in their sleep we have your questions we have David Price getting a little sassy in Boston and who could blame him Uh, mostly people in Boston and then we have a I don't know if we have a do-over or not but Keith Hernandez just it he's not stopping so we're gonna talk about him again uh we shall begin with a highlight of the week which I'm sure was was the highlight for uh new J starter Tom Pannone was it panoni or Pannone Pannone uh, he dazzled now he dazzled against the Orioles but I'm still going to say he dazzled what What was that pitching line
1: yeah I mean he's he's definitely still looking for his first major league start because you know the Orioles are not a major league <laughs> team <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah I mean he, he didn't give up a hit until his first hit until the leadoff batter of the seventh inning so, I mean, that's obviously as good as it gets. We threw seven innings, gave up no runs, one hit, two walks, and three strikeouts. And, I mean, he was incredible. And in, and in that seventh inning, it was a leadoff single. And then Teoscar Hernandez was Teoscar Hernandez and dropped a fly ball. So it was second and third and nobody out in a 0-0 game at the time.
0: And he got out of it. So both, uh, you know, an excellent start. In terms of the no hitter, which I mean, obviously is there, but uh, there's a lot of sort of uh, you know the air comes out of the balloon on a lot of no hitters. I think uh, you know guys will get flustered or, or they'll get out of their rhythm because now there's a, a a runner on and they've been doing the exact same thing over and over again all game. So credit to him for recovering on that.
1: Yeah, I know it was it was really quite impressive to see. Now again, it was the Orioles, so who knows? But. Uh... And one of the interesting things about this this start, too, so he pitched, it wasn't his first major league debut. I mean, you know, I'm making the joke, obviously, by the Krabby Orioles, but he pitched four times previously in in as a reliever. And oddly enough, he, he throws just as hard and actually had a higher max velocity in the rotation in that start than he did in any of his relief outings.
0: Do you think he was maybe just a little adrenaline uh, rush there, or do you think something's changed since he was last in the majors?
1: Well, I mean, he's not left the majors. He's been in the majors the entire time. Sorry. He's just been pitching in relief. Uh,
0: uh, since he came to the Blue Jays. Do you think they told him to air it out?
1: No, I, I just think that he's just one of those weird guys that doesn't air it out when he goes to the bullpen. And maybe it's like he was preparing for a start down the road. I'm not sure, but it's a very rare thing to see. Typically, when a guy's pitching in short relief bursts, he throws harder, and that's not the case with Panone.
0: Uh, which is good, I guess, because you don't lose anything by, by him starting. Which is cool.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it also suggests, too, I mean, like, Panone's not a high-ceiling guy. He's He relies heavily on deception. He's got to have, you know, his fastball rises a little bit. You know, he did well in the last couple outings, but he's most likely going to be a back-of-the-rotation or depth starting pitcher. But what this sort of suggests to me is that he's not the type of guy who you, if he doesn't work out as a starter, you transition to a relief role because his stuff doesn't play up there, right? So it's basically he's got to make it as a starter and obviously, you know, the sample size is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. The big big asterisks beside it. <laughs> We're not going to complain about it cuz uh it was fun to watch. Um so yeah, like you said not nothing overwhelming, but certainly it worked very very well for him this week. So uh kudos to him. I'm sure he felt very good about that. Mm-hmm. Uh so Marcus Stroman uh somehow a picture of his blister slipped through. I don't know. Uh, apparently someone must have copy pasted or, or cut out a picture. Uh, he's missing uh, a lot of the, the bottom or top. I don't know. He's missing the fingertip in, 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 in a bad pad. way. Yeah, the pad. It, it just isn't there. Um, that looks A, painful, and B, uh, like he's going to be out for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, typically when you see a blister for a picture, it's on the inside near, near the nail, yeah, you know, so not right on the the front of the finger like that. I mean, you cannot pitch with that. I don't know how he managed to pitch for as long as he did if that's where the blister was, because there's no way you can feel your pitches
0: properly. Well, yeah, and and over and over again, you've talked about it, and and certainly other people have talked about it. When you're a major league pitcher, you're you're putting a massive amount of pressure on the ball to manipulate it to get it to go the direction you want at that kind of speed. Like there, there's no there's no way around that. No.
1: And, you know, especially especially if you're a guy like Strowman who or even Sanchez, who relies so heavily on movement to get out. I mean, Strowman doesn't throw all that hard and he's short. So it's like he he needs this late breaking, hard diving sinker that he throws or his slider and all that. And those are pitches that require your fingertips. I mean, You really need to spin a ball and, you know, you just can't do it with a blister.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he can't use chopsticks with the blister he has right
1: now. <laughs> That's a good point. He can't turn a car key. Um, yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, I always, I guess I picture blisters as the, um, you know, when I get a blister, I can usually, you know, lance it and kind of save some of the skin on top of it. Or, you know, it turns into a callus, that kind of thing. Uh, this was not that. So, sorry about your luck there, Marcus.
1: Yeah, no, it, it definitely wasn't, and and you know it's it, it's this weird, it's like it's the karma or magic or something like that because like, naturally, Aaron Sanchez is coming back. They just not allowed to be on the field at the same time.
0: Yeah, I mean, ever since they had their falling out, this has been the the rotating, um, revolving door where they're each trapped in a different section in the rotation. <laughs> yeah, uh, never the twain shall meet. So, about Sanchez. We've known finger contusion now for, well, it's got to be a month he's been out, right? He's on the 60 day, so two months. Two months. Um, and we heard the story this week, finally. I don't know how, <laughs> how this, we dragged this out of him after this long date, that supposedly he was attempting, his suitcase was falling over, and he attempted to grab it and pinched his finger. In the suitcase
1: yeah i i don't go with supposedly because how would you make up something like that <laughs> if it wasn't true it's, it sounds so klutzy it's like, no no
0: no like let's, let's, let's pretend it's something different please well on the other hand if it was so banal and and and, and you know had so little behind it really other than it's klutzy why would you wait until you were coming off the 60-day DL to say, yeah, I, I slammed my finger in my suitcase because I'm a, I'm a klutz?
1: Well, I think as people didn't want, he didn't want people to be saying, my God, this guy's still out. He slammed his finger in a suitcase. At least now he can say when he's coming back, so it's associated with good news. Uh,
0: I'm still, I mean, the, the broke through a glass table because I was dreaming about spiders. Was that? Lin Hill? That was Glen Allen nil I think that still tops. I slammed my finger in the suitcase because I was trying to not have it close or fall on the floor. But, but still, really, <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. That's. I mean, it, it does remind me again of the the uh, cutting chicken experiment that Brett Cecil did the one year in spring training. Um... Yeah,
1: and then, and this is not the. Uh... <clears throat> Yeah, the, the Jeff Kent falling off washing his truck. Uh, I, I do think it's real.
0: Everybody should, every pitcher should be issued a Rajai Davis oven mitt style. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you've said this before. For just, for I don't think I have. but Maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering someone else. But for just day to day, not while you're on the field. <laughs> <You gotta laughs> they should get one
1: it. of those, the J.B. Pruitt, like the hands from Zoolander, the,
0: the hyperbaric chamber so their hands stay pristine. It would be worth the investment, I think, at this point. Two months is a long time to be off. <laughs> oh, dear. Now we've had fun at his expense. It, the question, I guess, is Is he, he going to be any good? We, we had this last week at any at great length. His rehab start was uh, a bit wild. And the problem with Sanchez is when he's a bit wild, he's not nearly as good. Yeah,
1: I mean, there there were some encouraging signs from that last start where he was uh, he was throwing more of his curveballs and getting swings and misses on them. So he's like actually trying to come back with that better repertoire. Because uh, you know, as you mentioned, right, he walked ten guys in eleven innings in his three rehab starts. So that's obviously not very good. Um, and we said before though, the rehab starts mean nothing. The numbers. So yeah, it, it's a question and it's something to watch.
0: The other guy who's coming back is, and probably that's this weekend, as I understand you've uh, you've looked into. Yeah, it's, it, it seems like it's going to be Friday. Is Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Mm. Um, he was having a great time. If he gets two hits in his return, he sets uh, a very seriously long-term American League record in terms of multi-hit games in a row.
1: Yeah, he's at 11 right now and you know it's just a very unfortunate time right cuz you know, he's a uh, he's going to be streaky i think that, that that's probably what we're going to have to expect from him because he doesn't walk ever right so when the hits are falling he's going to look great and when they're not he's you know he's not right and they mm-hmm. just happened to all be falling and then he had to get hurt in the stupidest way possible but we talked about that before so i'm not going to do it again <laughs>
0: you know not, not going to drag us through that painful experience uh so we watched I led Ms. Diaz the other night start at third. Uh, he looked really sharp at third. I'll be perfectly honest.
1: He did. And John Gibbons was talking about that too. It's like, you know, I think this is a guy who's going to be playing all around the diamond for us. Yet again, another one. You know, <laughs> <laughs> How many of these guys can the Blue Jays have? But he did look really good there. I mean, he's actually looked pretty solid at shortstop this year, which was sort of a question mark coming into the season.
0: Right. But if you need a third baseman um, and you can, you know, can you put... Guriel at short and and play Diaz, just to get them both in the lineup. If if Salarte is not available,
1: I think you can. I, I think you're probably might even be better off doing it the other way around. It if you're assuming your
0: Guriel play third, my bad.
1: Yeah, I actually don't know. Have we? But um, you know, I mean, this is assuming Devin Travis is in the lineup playing second base, but yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's not, there's so many infielders on this team. That's not a natural assumption, but yeah, I, I think that that that's probably something that we're going to see
0: you a f- have, few times at least. You can't just play Russell Martin at third when you're confused every <laughs> every week.
1: <laughs> so weird having the three catchers and Russell Martin playing the. infield Russell Martin's actually well. He's cooled cooled off again over the last week or so, but he'd been playing really well in August.
0: I think it's remarkable at all that Russell Martin has managed a league average on base percentage despite having nothing in the bat itself all year except the occasional homer until this month
1: yeah And he didn't have that many occasional homers he just wasn't hitting period I mean his his slugging percentage his ISO was horrible he was just taking walks
0: but yeah it, it speaks to I guess the ineptitude of Kevin Pillar at doing that exact thing If Russell Martin can be selective enough, when guys are obviously not pitching around Russell Martin to try and, you know, get to someone else, knowing he's got a batting average on the interstate, as they say, and no particular power to worry about. (laughs) Um, You know, and he's still taking walks. So go figure. They're out there to get. Yep. I just came around to insult Kevin Pilar for no reason there. Wasn't that awesome?
1: Didn't I do that last week? I. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sometimes, sometimes these guys weigh on you.
1: But anyway, Lourdes who <laughs> we were actually talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him come back because at least he was, he's one of these young guys who could be part of the future as opposed to like a Brandon Drury who's injured. But you know, like these guys that are just sort of there. Uh,
0: who was the other debut the Blue Jays had? Um, his name has completely eluded me.
1: I don't know who you're referring to
0: he hit a home run now i don't remember his name
1: oh you're talking about billy mckinney yes yes which is was very funny it's too bad at one point he had only played with the yankees in rogers center and only played with the jays in yankee stadium which was kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah he hit a bomb and got the silent treatment (laughs) That was
0: uh, that was lovely. That was a nice moment. In, because the silent treatment was really only about fifteen seconds, maybe. And then they. Well, yeah, like, you, you don't want it to
1: last too much longer. Then it gets mean.
0: Well, I've I've seen the the empty dugout is remarkable. More so than good. the silent treatment. Yeah, but it was it, it was still. You could hear them on even on the 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 camera, like hey, after after he made the first pass down the dugout.
1: It was, uh, it was also funny, too, because he walked in, right? And then the trainers were there, so the trainers gave him a high five, and then nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I don't know who it was for the Tigers. I just saw the picture today, and, and someone is standing in the dugout waiting for the home run um, hitter to come back in, and he's got a towel over his arm and a and a can of, like, Red Bull in his hand like a waiter, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a concierge going, Maybe, would you like a, a towel and a drink, sir? Um, that's pretty funny. That's, I enjoy yeah. baseball
1: player goofiness. Like uh, Acuna and uh, Albies goofing off with the, with the mascot.
0: I think there should be as much of that as anybody feels like doing. Because um, especially at this point in the year, you you know that there's a whole bunch of teams that aren't going anywhere. So you might as well have a good time while you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, speaking of having a good time, uh, Kendris Morales. He's having a a wonderful time lately.
1: He's... No kidding.
0: He's hitting very well. Um, And I have a tweet in one of these windows from uh, our our good friend James G, or James and T.O. on Twitter, who we we talk about a lot of the things he notices. He, of course, not the only person, but the one I noticed, compared a certain free agent former Blue Jay Slugger to... Free (laughs) agent? Well, he was once a free agent, Edwin Encarnacion, um, at the same t- uh, at, who was who was signed to Cleveland uh, to Kendris Morales, and and there was much made of that. So, the first comparison he did, Kendris, uh WRC plus was one twelve, and Encarnacion's was one oh eight. Now, Encarnacion has probably about fifty more plate appearances, just because he's been played every day, whereas Kendris has been rotated around and out, um, and was hurt. Uh, fair enough. And uh, so he, he, he does trail 25 to 17 in home runs, but in wins above replacement, Kendris leads 0.
1: 0.6 to 0. 0.4. It's actually 0. 0.8 now for Kendris because he home run yeah. again in the game after that. Uh, no, Kendris is having a great year, and it is a slightly better year than Edwin, which is surprising, I guess. More so for the Edwin struggling bit more than the, than the Morales doing well. I mean... <laughs> Okay look if you'd asked me when Morales was hitting under 100 if, <laughs> if the Morales doing well would be more surprising, I would have said yes, but you know, before the season, I did think that he was going to rebound a bit, and I, I'm happy that it, that it was right. I'm not trying to say I'm you know this is not a braggy thing. Like, I'm, just, I'm just happy that it turned out this way. The weird thing, he has a career high walk rate,
0: yeah to the point where he's walking more than Edwin Carnacion and striking out less than him which I, I haven't looked at year to year, but Edwin is notorious for not striking out very much and, you know, walking as much, as, almost as much as he strikes out. So it's a very strange kind of aberration there. Uh, but it is what it is. The Blue Jays are currently getting better value for the dollar out of Kendrick Morales in August than, than the uh, the Cleveland team is getting out of Edwin Encarnacion.
1: The really intriguing thing about the, the war comparison too, again, this is Fangraph's war, but... It had Edwin as a considerably worse base runner than Kendrys. I mean, that's hard to do.
0: <laughs> Considering Kendrys is more of a base walker, I absolutely understand what you're trying to say there. Yeah. Uh, anyway,
1: I... yeah, it's nice to see him doing well. He's homered in four straight games, and which is a career high for him, which you know, it's a career high for a lot of people. And yeah, they've been well timed home runs too. You know, go ahead or winning home runs. So it's it's yeah, it's nice to see. It's nice to see that like. it might not be a black hole just waste of money i mean i still don't think he's tradable because he's a dh who has no value but at the plate but he's still good
0: but now he has a value at the plate it's a non-zero value (laughs) so i'll take it um yeah wonderful you know feel good story of the year starting in mid-may probably i think we have to talk though, about this team in the in the general sense of, I guess we're talking really about competitiveness in the sense of entertainment value, in the sense of where they really stand in the league, because the Blue Jays got swept by the Yankees in games that they looked like they had no business playing in, and then they came home, and the Orioles came in, and they destroyed the Orioles in games that the Orioles looked like they had no business playing in. Is a league with that kind of lack of parity, is it going to be entertaining for for the casual fan?
1: Ooh, that's a very, it's a weird, you know, a question that I'm sure that a lot of people are considering. I'm, I think the answer to that is probably no, to be honest. I mean, the Jays actually are 500 or better against more teams than they are not. But the problem is that against Boston, New York and Tampa, they're 6 and 31. And those and, are games in the division.
0: And Tampa is not a powerhouse team. No.
1: Six no, but I mean wins. this
0: Yeah. Six, 6. Oh sorry no, no, no that that was nine. 10 and 31. Uh, 10 and 31. 10 wins yeah. against three of your divisional opponents. It is August 23rd
1: yeah I mean it's it's really really bad and you know but this this general question you had though about you know the competitive balance thing I think that right now I mean this could just be a fluke and just something that two years from now we'll be thinking how could we think that was a problem but right now there are such a there's such a huge divide between the haves and the have-nots in baseball that it feels almost pointless to a lot of people to watch their teams
0: yeah uh, we are you know the uh, internet friends with the the bird's eye view baltimore uh people so i follow them on twitter and they retweet you know the fans of that team and there's nothing good to say about baltimore plus that like in the present context the blue jays at least have that Oh, hey, look, the farm system is probably a top 10 farm system, maybe a little bit better because of, you know, some of those top-notch guys who are really on the cusp. (laughs) The Baltimore Orioles have nothing. No,
1: and the Kansas City Royals, the same thing. Kansas City is only a half game ahead of the Orioles. They both have winning percentages under 300. And the Royals farm system isn't very good either.
0: So how do you sell that? product i mean i'm not here to make money for the league <laughs> but um in the sense that baseball does better if more people watch baseball you know and 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 better players i think in the long run are attracted um you you kind of have to have a, a marketable product to get people interested in playing it etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah it, this year has been from the from the outset we've known there was a bunch of teams that were not going to try real hard it looks worse than i thought it would
1: yeah especially in the american league the national league is a lot closer because no one in the national league is actually that good There are a bunch of good teams but not like there's no great teams like the american league but i mean this year right now there are five no sorry four teams right now with winning percentages under 400 and two of them under 300 i mean that's really really bad and then you get, like, in the American League East, the Blue Jays are 31 games out of first.
0: <laughs> this is a historically good Red Sox team.
1: Right. But, I mean, the Jays are also 22 and a half games out of the w- first wild card. I mean.
0: That's the problem. Yeah. It's nuts. So, I mean, yeah, yeah that's that's something that as as a as a front office. You're looking at next year, and I'm sure you're not thinking, oh, how do we make up 30 games on this historically good team? Because that's just crazy talk. Nobody, A, it's a historically good team. The, Red so- the chances of the Red Sox coming back and winning 110 games plus two years in a row are against. It just, a lot of things have to go right. But the chances of either the Red Sox or Yankees being a 100-win team next year seem really good at this point one of the two. So you're back to playing for a wild card or trying to figure out how to make up 22 games. (laughs) Stuff. That's a very daunting task.
1: And that's why I don't think we're going to see the Jays go for it next year. And I, I, like, it's totally just a follow. I think that it'll be, let's get the best group of young players we can so that we can have this incredible base of talent and then augment that to be basically what the Yankees have done, right? I mean, the Yankees don't... The Yankees are good because of because of their young players. It's not because mm-hmm. of the going out crazy in the free agency. I mean, it is partly that. Like, you don't get Giancarlo Stanton if you don't have the Yankees budget. But, you know, it's like Luis Severino and that bullpen and Aaron Judge and, you know, and guys like that, right? And,
0: yeah, and Gleyber Torres
1: guys. and, you know, right? Like, there's a bunch of these guys. So it's, it's tough to... Compete against that if you don't have it yourself. So I think that's going to be the real focus for the next year.
0: Oh yeah, the Blue Jays are not sorry. The Yankees are not good um, because of free agents. The, this window exists because of their farm system. They will extend this window a lot further than most teams by using free agents as time goes on. Correct. The, so the Blue Jays look like maybe the Phillies or the Braves in the National League, a team that if if things go right, um, the young players show up a little earlier than you might expect and play a little better than you might expect and, you know, and then they're winning some games. That sounds like an interesting team. Um, I Yeah, I don't know how you know when you've got that team. That's the difficult part.
1: Well, I think you just know when you have that team once it happens. I mean, that, that that's I guess that's the difficult part, like you said. But, I mean, you just play them and hope to put a little talent around them. Like, you know, the Phillies went out, right? They signed Jake Arrieta and they signed... Um, Carlos Santana. So they, they brought in some veterans because they knew their young players had talent. And it's like, okay, well, maybe when, if this team takes another year or so, they'll we'll have the good players already around them and not have to go chase free agents at that point.
0: Right. And the, the Jays right now are not quite lined up that way. Though they could be coming into this offseason. So it, it should be interesting. I still think <laughs> there is... There's a parity problem, in, at least in the American League at the moment. Um, and we'll find out, I guess, as time goes forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially in the American League East. I mean, that, like, we've talked about this probably a thousand times, and every Blue Jays fan or uh, or Rays fan or Orioles fan has talked about it. But two of the three richest teams in the sport are in the same division, and that makes it really tough.
0: Yep. Um, I, I like the idea of a balanced schedule, but we've been over that as well. So I'm going to leave that there, and we're uh, we're going to come back in a, in just a little bit with your quest. <laughs> I promised a brief break. I delivered a brief break, and now we are briefly broken. <laughs> I don't know how to come out of these. it kind of something different every time, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, uh, second, no one will notice. Yeah, all right, well, we'll hit you with the questions. After, you know, the hamster warms up inside my time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules first, I ask a question, then you ask a question.
1: How really? does that sound, sweetheart? <laughs> Could you repeat the question, please? The hamster got tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Apparently the hamster took a coffee break in the middle of playing that. Um, yeah, well, uh, please visit patreon.com before my computer completely gives up the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first question is from Joe Booz Rum, uh, at Brian Donnelly 8. He said, saw a link on Facebook for the Mount Rushmore per team. Who would you have on the Jays Mount Rushmore? Do you think anyone other than Vlad has a chance to unseat someone on that list?
1: Ooh, this
0: is really hard. Yep. I think that
1: so Bautista has to be on it. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's really. I mean, I like. I guess you make other arguments, but for me, he has to be on it. I would put Carter on it because. You know, like yeah, his numbers are overrated, and I don't, I don't care. He hit a walk-up World Series home run. He's got to be on there.
0: See, I'm, okay, already, already, we have a, a yeah, yeah, okay. I'm with you with bautista Almar, yes, and then Holiday. Wow, only one pitcher
1: or Steve. It's one or the other. I don't. How I'm going to go with Holiday?
0: So I'm, yeah, I, I'm with you with Holiday holiday bautista um there is alomar i think are my first three
1: okay so we've got our first three we agree on
0: yeah i i think we're giving short shrift to carlos delgado here
1: no i mean he's on he was on the short list right we <laughs> only picked four i mean dave yeah. steve's not on, on my list either
0: um yeah and I mean, Edwin Arconacion was here a long time. I guess he didn't, he didn't do the the dramatic things that we're thinking of some of those other guys for. Yeah, I think you you can't put Edwin
1: because he didn't have the dramatics of Joe Carter and he didn't have the numbers of Delgado. So like, I, he's behind both those guys. Depending on the reason you to, you choose.
0: And of course, we we all we're not talking about Tom Henke because Tom Henke just doesn't quite get there. Although. Tony Fernandez,
1: another shortlist guy.
0: <laughs> but there's a context of Tony Fernandez. If you want to talk about someone who represents, like, you know, how many
1: errors of the team?
0: <laughs> yeah. If you want to talk about the the, if you want someone to look at the Mount Rushmore and to talk about the length of the, the how the dynasty worked, Tony Fernandez is like the guy you sort of have to put on there because you're you're talking about an era that doesn't get highlighted. What I mean, with Steve, I guess, but. Uh,
1: Uh, To me, it's not about conversation. It's just about greatness. Well,
0: they weren't the... Were they the greatest four... I guess the context is, is is Mount Rushmore the four greatest presidents?
1: Four most famous presidents? I mean, like... Yeah. That's probably accurate, right?
0: At the time, yeah, I guess. There there was some... There's some debate about Jefferson. Yeah, but
1: I mean, these aren't supposed to be easy, so...
0: So, our first three, we agree, were Halliday... Bautista, Alomar.
1: And then it's one of the other four. Um, But as for the question, the second part of the question, it's hard to, I'm going to say, has a chance? Sure. I mean, Boachette could be awesome and be on this list, but a likelihood? No, I don't think anyone other than Vlad, because we're talking about elite, elite players.
0: Funny enough, last year, I would have said that because of the way he came up, that Roberto Osuna had the potential to do that because First, yikes but uh
1: also he's a closer so he never would have made my list
0: i'm just saying that that because he came out when he was 19 years old and he stepped right into the closer role um you yeah. know there was there was that potential but now i can't say that he's not even a blue jay uh for good reason
1: yeah anyway next question
0: uh fire it up me
1: from matt Sweetie at blue jay matt just looking at players under control for next year's infield, who starts at MLB, who at AAA, and who is traded from Morales, Smoke, Bichette, Tulo, Guerrero, Diaz, Guerrero, Drury, Solarte, and Travis?
0: Does that highlight the problem we've been dancing around for the past, like, two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> I think two of them are easy. Uh, Solarte is traded?
1: No, the Bichette and Guerrero start in the minors. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe not easy, but I think that's likely.
0: It seems reasonable to me as well that those are... There's no reason to start them opening day because the Blue Jays are not going to look like a competitive, you know, first-place team on opening day. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. I think you could... could, I could see Diaz traded again. Um,
1: Mm -hmm. Or Salarte.
0: Yep. I don't think you're going to see... I think Smoke's in the MLB no matter what because he's so cheap for a skilled... You know, a d- decent defensive third baseman who has obviously put it together offensively and he's dirt cheap. W- what are you going to get to replace him with?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance that Smoke's not the first baseman. I mean, uh, well, I guess they could trade him, but I don't think that's likely. I mean, to me, that it's. We talked about this before, right? I mean, this is a very similar question to the previous one. I think the answer is the same that it's going to be Drury at third, Tulo at short, Guriel or Travis at second, the other one on the bench, Smoke at first, and then whoever's left of Diaz, Solarte, and uh, yeah, I guess Diaz and Solarte on the, on the bench.
0: All right, fair enough. So, oh, hey, I mentioned Bird's Eye View. Bird's Eye View Baltimore uh, asks us. How bad are the Orioles?
1: Really, really bad.
0: <laughs> I'm going to say this bad, and my arms are about as far apart as they can get. <laughs> um, yeah. They're bad. They're so bad. They make the Blue Jays look like a sure thing in the playoffs.
1: <laughs> I mean, they're on base to lose 115 games.
0: And and what's the worst team of all time in terms of losing games? <laughs> one nineteen. Yeah. The Tigers and the Mets Did, weren't the Mets forty and one twenty in nineteen
1: sixty think saying I lost one hundred nineteen, but uh, Pretty
0: either sure way, it was a they're... nice even forty and one twenty. But
1: well, the point is they're that close to the historically bad.
0: Yeah, sorry about that, but you asked.
1: And you were right. They're 40 and 120.
0: Uh, next question.
1: Okay, next question. This one comes from Heated End. What is the strangest play you remember prior to the season?
0: Uh, Wow. There's so many to pick from that are weird. The one that came to mind when I read the question, though, was, and I don't remember the other player involved, but I'm pretty sure one of them was Aaron Hill with the behind-the-back flip in foul territory, which was caught. By another guy to avoid a foul ball. Um, I don't know how to describe that play. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: I don't know the play, but I know what you're talking about.
0: Basically, two guys, neither of whom is are or, or, or actually in the act of catching the ball properly, managed to juggle it between them and get an out. Uh, that yep. kind of thing always blows my mind.
1: For me, it's not a Blue Jays one. It's from like uh, the late 80s, I guess, when Paul O'Neill kicked the ball back into the infield to stop a, a run from scoring. <laughs>
0: Um. Uh, yeah. Okay, what's the strangest good play that you've ever seen?
1: That was a good play. It stopped the run from
0: scoring. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you argue that was talent, though? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. He kicked it right to the first baseman in the air. It That's se- pretty good. It seemed like that was out of frustration. I've seen that highlight. <laughs> it totally was, but it worked out great. So th- there's two plays that I I will always hold close to my heart Because they were, they did fall into the... And I thought I'd seen everything in Major League Baseball. um, Which was Marco Scudero catching uh, Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, of all people, napping and taking second on a walk. Bautista did that too. Well, remarkably, the thing I remember about Bautista was when he stole third base during an intentional walk. A play which can no longer happen.
1: Yeah, that's sad. I remember Alomar used to do that too. Um... (laughs)
0: The ball I remember are pretty slow on an intentional walk.
1: Yeah. I remember Kevin Seitzer getting down on his hands and knees to try and blow a ball foul. That was enjoyable, too.
0: So, yeah, there's there's always a little bit of strange that, that carries with you from, from year to year. Um, well, I could keep going with all weird things, but we'll move on. You can Maybe ask the question again up. next week if you like.
1: Yeah. Or uh, just make it, we'll just do an extra pellets episode just talking about strange
0: plays. <laughs> Uh, so Luke can't even anymore at Split Letters. Looping back to an old question. I guess we did it last week, so now we're encouraging people to recycle questions. Who has yeah. more games started on the big club next year? Tulo or Bo Bichette?
1: Tulo. I don't think Bo's going to be up until July.
0: Uh, I, I don't. And know. I'm
1: betting on Tulo being healthy again
0: <laughs> <laughs> for at least for more than half the season. Like He'll get over 81 games, and I don't think Bo Bichette will. Josh knows a thing or two about throwing good money after bad and we'll find out <laughs> right after this. Um until I see Tulo with with a full uniform on in a batter's box, I I'm going to say bo. I mean that's fair. Didn't yeah, it, it seemed rude at the beginning of the season, but now it just seems fair. Kate Stanwick at OK Stan If you were responsible for making this decision, which prospects would you send to the Arizona Fall League? Um, First of all, probably you should preface by telling people what the point of the Arizona Fall League usually is for a player.
1: Well, there's two, really. I mean, three. There's guys that were hurt, so you want to get them to get more reps, which is a very common one. There's guys that you want to see if they're ready to be added to a 40-man roster because they're coming out on the uh, being exposed to the rule five draft, or if they're out of options and need would add them to the, to the major league roster. And then they're showcasing guys for trades.
0: All right. So I, I assume the Jays are really not doing number three too much.
1: I don't think so. The Jays don't have a 40 man roster crunch. So I think Boba Shett, it'd be nice to see him go there. But uh, I think that the guys that for sure should go are like Jordan Romano and uh, Jackson McClellan, the reliever, just because he just, McClellan just got moved up and to see him challenged against some of the tougher, tougher players. And if, uh, if Nate Pearson comes back and pitches, maybe they can get an exception. You're not supposed to send too many guys that are below A, but those are the guys I'm thinking of.
0: I was hoping to sound intelligent by chiming in with Nate Pearson, but uh, you didn't give me a break there, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I knew a name. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a final? our final question for us?
1: Yep. This is from Marius at number one hip fan. Odds of Showalter managing the Jays next year. Odds of Gibby managing the Orioles.
0: I think a manager trade at this point would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys. Uh, I don't want
1: Buck Showalter anywhere near the Blue Jays.
0: I just want to hear people yelling from the stands. What are you going to do now, buck? <laughs> <laughs> um I'm going to go with actually zero on both of those. Yep. Although they are both amusing thought experiments in their own way. They are. All right so we've moved on from all of your lovely questions thank you once again you can submit in the middle of the week if you want or you can wait for josh to put up a strange uh, gif and quite announcement on a recording night whichever you prefer
1: you and mean? it's the turf account it's not me
0: right there's a, a man named <laughs> turf LePod who we've hired specifically to do that account okay we're gonna have a little bit of a do-over i think
1: Oops, I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet.
0: Actually, we're not going to have a do-over because we've already been <laughs> been on Keith Hernandez for this and he didn't listen. Uh, Keith Hernandez, always when you're going to say something dumb about people getting hurt and getting baseballs thrown at them, double down. Why back off? There's no fun in that. So we were talking about uh, Ronald Acuna getting hit, potentially injured because he had hit a bunch of home runs last week, which, I mean, is the worst thing ever and deserves punishment, right? Yeah.
1: So anyway, Keith Hernandez doubled down because he's a dummy, Um, and he blamed essentially Acuna for getting himself injured on the pitch. Quote, (laughs) Yeah, quote, The pitch that I saw, it started off in the inner half, a little bit on the inside corner, and ran inside. First off, no, it didn't. He threw it straight at his body, but, you know, is a dummy. Ew. back to the quote it was around waist level Acuna could have turned his back who knows it's a split second but he did drop his elbow to deflect the ball and unfortunately he got hit in the elbow and that's the one place you don't want to get hit if he hadn't gotten his elbow there he'd have gotten hit in the side by the waistline or in the small of his back and everything would have been fine so I firmly stand by what I said and I don't think the pitch was that terrible okay first off he didn't <laughs> drop his elbow to deflect the ball no. it was a natural movement to jump out of the way and his elbow went in the path of the ball <laughs>
0: Uh, like i don't you shouldn't have got robbed that way you should have held your wallet out differently with the guy who asked for it or he wouldn't have shot you like no it's just that's a pretty good analogy it's just dumb it's <laughs> so stupid on top of that he admits early also i've only seen it once and he's describing all the things that happened. He's seen the clip one time. Uh, no, that's not what happened. And the reason you don't know what's happened is because you haven't even watched it twice. Uh, thirdly, and this is pointed out by the awful announcing reference, uh, because Joe Poznanski looked into this. People didn't used to get hit in the olden days. Teams hit, back in the 1950s, 0.19 hitters per game. Then in the 60s, they hit 0.22 hitters per game. And this decade, guys hit get hit at the rate of 0.33 hit batters per game. So it's far more likely that you get hit now. So pitching inside was not pitching to hit people. So Keith Hernandez is not only incorrect about what happened today, he's also incorrect about what used to happen. He's just a dummy. Right. So he doesn't get a do-over. He gets to, I don't know. He's just a dummy. Own, stew in his own juices, as it were. On a different note.
1: And do more Viagra commercials. He does those? Yeah.
0: Good lord. Uh, David Price got a little uh, little chippy. <laughs> because... He sure Yeah, reporter... Well, things have not gone well in Boston. I don't know if anybody has missed it, but Boston has not been kind to David Price on the field or off the field because uh, he's not been a $200 million man since he's been out there. So a reporter, after price recorded a victory and has been on something of a hot streak uh, asked him you know well what adjustments have you made and price said well that's your job to figure that out essentially um which kind of i think made all the jaws drop in the room but i think he has a point what do you think
1: nope <laughs> i don't agree um the person he's talking to is probably a beat reporter it's not a beat reporter's job to see what adjustments a pitcher makes that's for people like you know like me like doing stupid analysis trying to figure out why the heck thing, things are changing i think that that's the whole point of quotes to figure out what a guy's doing differently and get it from his mouth instead of trying to guess
0: i would prefer i guess the the question be framed in terms of it looks like you are holding your hands differently or it looks like you've moved on the rubber or it looks like you have stopped throwing this particular pitch is that correct because then that frames it that you've actually not just rolled out of bed into the post-game interview room and just said well uh you know what are you doing
1: i just think i mean th- like i mean, look, I mean the, 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 as you mentioned the relationship there is drain right <laughs> <laughs> then it's not a good one and they've only got four more years of this but i think that's a pretty standard question they, they the cuts like well what are you what, what is what have you been doing differently if the guy says i made adjustments like the lateral follow-up but so yeah what were they right they didn't say have you done this price oh no yeah never mind the reporter asked why he's been on a roll okay so it was a snippy it was a kind of a not so nice question began with it is just battle around
0: just get out david
1: <laughs> exercise your opt-out give up the money
0: <laughs> that is quite the conclusion to make after after that exchange It's like and after this this two minute uh go back and forth and by the way the reporter did come back i forget his name but he came back and he said uh you moved on the rubber and you've done this and you've done that is that correct uh david did engage him and, and confirm that yes those were some of the adjustments he had made in order to uh to improve his results so he got what he wanted Uh know Saris also did it for The Athletic if you have a subscription to The Athletic and he really do want to know what David Price did to get better because good lord he was not been good and now Boston's without Chris Sale oh no they might not win 120 games or whatever the heck they're on paper.
1: yeah for. they might only win 112
0: uh, <laughs> I'm not bitter though that's that's the bright side Do you have, sir, a final thought for me?
1: I do. So in that Tom Panone gem that we referred to, the last game of the Orioles series, Devin Travis hit his 10th home run of the season. Pretty meaningless on his own. But the Blue Jays now have 10 guys with double-digit home runs, and that's pretty cool.
0: But I believe they have nobody with 25 or something. They don't have
1: anybody with 20 yet. But, uh, I mean, Smoke... Hernandez, Grichuk, Morales, they'll all get to 20, and I could see a couple of those guys getting to 25 in the last month and a half or so, or, yeah, month and a week.
0: It's an astonishing democratic way to to distribute your home runs. Maybe not optimal.
1: (laughs) But here's the downside. Of those 10 players with 10 or more home runs, only four of them have an on-base percentage above 300. Arf. And all four of them are above 340. It's it's very different.
0: It is indeed. Um, I, I I've tried to cherry pick Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. stats for my my final thought because you know it warms my heart. Uh, he has the and I have to turn down the minimum number of paid plate appearances to 70 here to get him in here. Um, but he has the second highest. Weighted runs created plus in the International League. The only guy ahead of him is Michael Reed. Michael Reed is 25 years old and has a 490 batting average on balls in play.
1: So what you're saying is it's totally sustainable.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and and Vlad's is like 340. Uh, So, all things being equal, Vlad Jr. is the best hitter at the moment in the International League. A league that most players are roughly a decade older than him. Mm. Yeah. Yep. My heart is warm. All right. <laughs> so that said, you have been uh, Josh Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead2010, and I really, really, really am going to try and make it happen that we play Swing and a Drive next week, because this has been Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 115, and we will talk at you in about six or seven days.